Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Shelf Logic. Um, my name is Jen. And my name is Laura. And we are recording from actually two different branches. Um, I'm over in Gilbert at Southeast Regional. And I'm in Surprise, uh, Northwest Regional. So we are on opposite ends of the valley today. Yeah, but we are super excited because today um, we are recording. We're still in May right now, but this is going to go up for June. And it's for LGBTQIA plus month. Yay, it's Pride Month. Yeah, so we're super excited. Uh, we've grabbed, we've each grabbed a few titles to kind of talk about to get you excited about reading. And then into the podcast, Laura will be introducing the Public Defenders. Yes, we're very excited about a new podcast. So we'll talk about that at the end. Yes. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to jump in. Um, my first one, Gideon the Ninth. So many of you may have heard of this book. Um, I know it's been pretty popular this last couple of years. So have you read this, Laura? I have. Is, did you love it? I loved it. I loved Gideon. That was like my absolute favorite character. Oh my goodness. So I am really enjoying it. Uh, Gideon is a swordsmith and basically it's called Gideon the Ninth. The Ninth refers to like the house and the planet that she is from. So in this world, there are like nine houses and basically each kind of has their like own deal. <laughs> so the ninth house's deal is like bones. So, okay, to rewind, all of the houses are very much into necromancy and that's just part of this world. They're very into science and the, I don't know if I would describe it as like spiritual, but sort of the spiritual aspects of this like necromancy world. Uh, they can do space travel, fly between, and whatnot. But Gideon is the young protagonist, and uh, so she's there on the ninth house. She wants to get out of the ninth house, though, because she's kind of, as I understood it, kind of like, I don't know, they own her somehow, mm -hmm. <laughs> and she wants to escape. So Harrowheart, Nonagesimus, um, how do you say it? Nonagesimus? Nonagesimus. Yeah, that sounds right. And you'll notice that like each of these characters, once they're introduced from the different planets and the different houses, all of their all of their names have like the number like in like Latin and stuff like throughout their names. It's very interesting. Harrowhark is like, oh no, we totally own you. Uh, but if you actually want to leave, then maybe fulfill this mission with me because we want to go uh, to the Emperor's Palace and solve this little mystery so that we can become immortal. <laughs> and so, and it's a lot going on in the book. But you set off in the book, and. Um, basically, it's kind of their relationship. It's very much like enemies to being in love <laughs> throughout. But I don't know. It's what, what else do you think about it? <laughs> so I liked it. Um, I liked that Gideon was really like a no holds barred, take no prisoners type person. Mm -hmm. So she was like in your face and she's like, this is what I am, whether you want me to be or not. Um, and they kept yeah. trying to make her into like this perfect fighter and who they thought she should be. And she was like, this is really just who I am. Deal mm -hmm. with it, you know, so I am who I am. And then um, I have to say, though, I read the sequel, which is Harrow the Ninth. Yes. And I did not like that. I didn't like the sequel because honestly, I think Gideon like carried the whole story. Then I, I was just done with the series <laughs> when she was out of it. So the second sure. book doesn't follow her anymore. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer, mm -hmm. but still read Gideon the Night. <laughs> Absolutely. It was, but I do have to say it's a little, it can get a little gory 
because they deal mm-hmm. with bones all the time and they fight with bones and blood. So yeah, if you like That's... that kind of stuff, then <laughs> read it. One thing that I thought was really interesting is, and so kind of like I mentioned, the different houses kind of have different specialties when it comes to it. So the ninth house is bones. And they're also like, what's really funny is for when I'm reading through it, in the beginning, you're like, oh, wow, they have to like paint their faces to look like skulls, how interesting this world is. And I'm like, yeah, this is weird. And then they all get together with the other houses and you realize that the two people you're following are weird compared to everybody else. Everybody else is like, oh, they're part of that cult, that like shadow cult, and they're all painting their faces and everything. And it's just funny because you, you're in a situation like this is what's normal for this world, and it is not normal for this world. Yes, so you're from the outside in from the very beginning. Yes, it's just very, it's very interesting. But even that is used as like, I don't know, Hera was pretty smart. She's, Mm -hmm. she's planning stuff. But yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I think how I'm interpreting it is it's very complex, but even if you're like intimidated by complex worlds and a lot of world building it's still fast-paced enough for you just to like kind of jump in and like don't stress out if you don't remember all the characters because they're listed yeah. in the back it's gonna be fine <laughs> yep and even if you have to skip the gory parts like the worst of the mm-hmm. fights and stuff it's still fine you're not gonna lose yeah. anything by missing like what they do with the bones <laughs> yeah you can just go through but yeah that's so that's the first book on my end i'm gonna jump in because i wanted to go a little bit more about lgbtq and sci-fi because i am a huge sci-fi mm. nerd so you know, Gideon the Ninth is great. Um, it's It's got both the sci-fi and the fantasy horror genres in it. But I'm a huge hard sci-fi person. So I like the space battles. I like, um, you know, big guns in space. But um, it's hard because there's not a ton in the past. There's never been a ton of LGBTQ representation in sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It's always been very, like, Western-centered, male-dominated, straight, you know, just very basic. But that's really been changing the past few years. There's been a ton of sci-fis with um, queer characters, and which I just absolutely love. So my favorite, I'm really into, I'm rereading the whole series of Murderbot by Martha I Wells. Know. So I highly recommend it. It's a series of smaller novellas, and then there's one long one, a full, full-length novel. And basically, Murderbot is this um, part human, part AI construct, and he's a security consultant, and he's owned by a company, and um, he hacks his little governor module in his head so he can be free, so he can make his own decisions, so the company no longer owns him. And then he goes and he makes some friends with humans, and he has... Um, social anxiety because he's part robot and part human. So he doesn't know how to interact with humans. So a lot of it is like, and, you know, I was thinking this in my head and 90% plus of my problems are in my head anyway. You know, it's that kind of a tone, right? He's super relatable robot, um, part robot. But the one thing I liked about it is because it's not aliens and humans. It's really humans have just colonized the galaxy. And there are all sorts of genders and romantic pairings. And it's just normal. It's not like put in there for token or it's not part of the plot. It's just the society that it is in the future. So um, one of Murderbot's crew members, um, Dr. Menza, she is a planetary leader and um, she lives in a marital (laughs) co-op. So there's um, her and then there's like five adults in this marriage co-op, they call it, and like seven children. And so that's like a common thing, right? And so in one novella, it's her and one of her wives, they go off with Murderbot and they have this explosive battle with um, combat units who want to try and kill them. So you can get that hard sci-fi, but I just love how it's super diverse and inclusive. Mm-hmm. And 
it's not um, aliens. So, you know, a lot of times people in sci-fi will put LGBTQ on the aliens, right? They'll say yeah. oh, aliens can be different genders or they can be an in-between gender. This time it's humans who are just all over the galaxy and we're just really whatever people want. And it's just normal. Yeah. So um, I highly recommend the Murderbot series by Martha Wells okay. um, in sci-fi, if you like sci-fi. And I, for, I forgot to ask, and I forgot to cite it, I'll cite it, which it's available as like books in the library. And is it, is it yep. e? So it's everything. Yep. So it's print okay, and nice. book in the library or print and audiobook, And it's also on overdrive. So um, you can listen to it or read it on overdrive as well. Nice. And that's the same for Gideon the Ninth. It's everywhere. It's on all the apps. <laughs> well, poop on overdrive. It's fine. All right. Well, that's going to be on my to read list. Additionally, what should be on everybody's to read list is have you read this? Last Night at the Telegraph Club. No, I haven't. It is literally, so I'm re reading through it right now too. Um, it is so good. <laughs> it's, I, I can already tell it's going to be one of my favorites this year. So this book is written by uh, Melinda Lowe. And I love it followed, Melinda Lowe. And this is the first book of hers that I read, but I was just processing some books and Huntress just came through, which I hadn't read. And she also wrote Ash. Yes, I read Ash. Have you read those? Mm -hmm. What's that one about? So Ash is um, like a flipped Cinderella. So it's Ash is Cinderella, but it's where Cinderella falls in love with the king's Huntress instead of the prince. So oh, I love it. Maybe Huntress was that. <laughs> is that part of the same series? Okay, that no, makes sense. So that's the Ash and Huntress series. <laughs> okay, I love it. Okay, well, I'll read that next. This is honestly incredible. So it's set in the 1950s um, in San Francisco. Darling. Um, last night at the Telegraph Club follows Lily. So she is Chinese American. And she, like, it starts out when she's, like, a little younger, but she, it basically follows her when she's a senior in high school. And Basically, it's just, okay, it's it's following her, and she is having all these experiences where she's, like, learning about her queer identity and also her identity as a Chinese-American and how those intersect and how maybe the United States at that point in time is not awesomely excited, but she's also discovering, like, her found family. I don't know, and it, it's really hard to describe, like, for example, she'll, like, she found this book, um in a little like like corner mart and she keeps like sneaking back to read it and it's about two women who love each other and it's just like all these just very relatable like little stories or when she was at the library she tore out like this little page of two like women uh aircraft pilots and she's like oh my goodness and she doesn't really understand why she's putting all these pictures together but she befriends somebody named Kath and Kath has actually been to um the Telegraph Club and she's going to kind of introduce her to this world um, of finding herself all that while things are happening with her family. So they're hunting for communists, I will say, mm -hmm. in this book, the FBI is. And so uh, her kind of like people like on the fringe of her life that she's like somewhat involved in are being like implicated and her dad is struggling with the FBI. So it's kind of, it's getting tense, but it's just done in such a beautiful way that I really encourage everybody to read it. <laughs> Awesome. And I second that. I mean, anything, I haven't read that one, but anything by Melinda Lowe, um, most of them have some sort of LGBTQ bent because Melinda Lowe herself, you know, she, yeah. I think um, one time she said that, you know, she started writing these people in represent, represented in her books because she never saw herself in any of the stories. So that was why she says, I have to write it because someone's, if, if I don't write it, who? 
Mm-hmm. So part of it was she just wanted to see herself in the books. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It makes me so excited. <laughs> yeah. So I highly recommend anything by Melinda Lowe. Yes. All right. What's your next book? Okay. So I'm going to drop a nonfiction in here. Um, mm. I know fiction is really kind of our go-to, but um, sometimes it's nice to do a change of pace for nonfiction. So I'm going to recommend Trans Like Me by C.N. Lester. And um I really like it because it's really kind of a broad analysis of trans history. So it's really nuanced. Um, They talk about like their experience as a trans person, you know, their lived experience. Um, It's part memoir because of that, but it's also part history book. Like they look at um, it's this honest look at trans history. And I mean, if you think about it, the first chapter is called the production of ignorance. And basically what they do is they talk about how media throughout history has really promoted this transphobia and bias is really not just ignorance, but part of this bigger media and cultural machine that just keeps propagating the same uh, misinformation. So part of it is a look at history and how transphobia and trans people have evolved over the centuries to um, interact with the media and battle those lies and deal with laws and Um, things like that. And then part of it's a cultural memoir. So they look at their experience growing up um, as trans, like in the 80s through the AIDS scare, and um, they're British. So it's also very localized. So, you know, they look at it through a very specific lens, but it's very, very nuanced. So it's really great as like a basic, beyond a basic primer. So if you want to learn about um, the trans experience, um, how, what transgender people go through, the biases they face, um, anything that, you know, some of their lived experiences, but you know the basics, right? It's beyond the pronouns and the basics. You can, I really mm-hmm. highly recommend this. It's so thoughtful. And yes, you know, there's a chapter on biology and chromosomes and science, uh-huh. but most of it is more of a cultural analysis of, you know, what we take in and what we put out. So I highly recommend Trans Like Me by C.M. Lester. And if you okay. like the audiobook, it's read by the author. Um, oh, good. Not just this lovely British voice. <laughs> I'm oh, good. <laughs> so, um, but we also have it in print book and it's on Overdrive as well. Yeah, I think I, I literally think I saw that out on our shelf today. Now I want to read it really bad. I highly recommend it. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. So the last book that I want to uh, kind of promote for you to check out is called Pet. And it is by Okoike Amezi. Have you read this book? I have not. I just I just know that I think you've read more books than me. And so there's a greater chance that you've read any, <laughs> any one of these books. <laughs> um, so this uh, book, it's kind of, okay, it's in a city community that's kind of like metaphorical but also kind of like real what is happening is jan the main uh character she is a trans girl oh i'm holding it up (laughs) this is jam and she lives in this uh community and it's kind of like a utopia but it, it was it wasn't always way that way it has the same history of like what we would describe as currently now and then what people called the angels have like eradicated the monsters basically so what we would consider like i don't know like an abusive person or like real like big items of injustice the angels which is what we perceive just to be be like 
activists or, you know, people who are just like working to make everything good have like kind of like fixed the world. And so everybody's like, yes, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And one day, um, her mom is painting. So they're uh, an artist and she like gets some blood on one of the paintings and a creature comes out of it called pet. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a little creepy creature. And she's like, what is happening? Why are you here? And it's like, Oh, I have to go hunt the monster that lives in your friend's house. And so basically this book is kind of exploring morality and like once you find yourself in a like once a community would find itself in a place of like oh everything is right now will they forget what the monsters look like you know what i mean so this i i see it constantly um kind of promoted online everybody is really enjoying this book but i will say that at the end it has like a rough ending so if anybody's like Ooh. sensitive to like any type of like abuse situations that they, they might just want to go into it like knowing that but yeah and that's the last book that i have on my end um i have a few more but really i'm just gonna lump them all into kind of the feel-good lgbtq romance like just that's a good um it's always yes. a good thing to end on it's one of those feel-good uh happy end mm -hmm. books so um Obviously, I'd love to talk about T.J. Klune. Um, he has one of the uh, New York Times bestsellers. It's called um, The House in the Cerulean Sea. And it looks like a YA book, like it's got this cartoon cover. and But it is just such a lovely, feel-good romance book. So the premise of that book is that um, it's really a look at how society deals with children who they perceive as other than them. So in the book's case, the children all have like something unique and magical about them. Like one can turn into a phoenix and, um, you know, I mean, one has wings. So they've, they've got supernatural magical abilities, but they're seen as dangerous, right? By people, they're other. So there is a department for the control department in charge of magical youth. Um, that's like this evil corporation, right? And it comes and it, watches these orphans and, you know, it puts them into like strict boarding schools. And obviously they don't do well in strict boarding schools. So um, this one guy opens up a magical orphanage. So he brings all these magical children in with him and it's the house on the Cerulean Sea. So it's this lovely place on an island and it's got a garden and this lovely outdoors and the children are so happy there. And so then the uh, department in charge of magical youth sends an auditor to investigate this place where the children are happy because children should not be happy. Um, and so, of course, you know, they come in, they're enemies, obviously, and the auditor and the guy in charge of the orphanage, there's a romance brewing, you know, it's an enemy to friends, the lovers type book. Um, but really the heart of the novel is how we deal with those who are other than us, you know, how we deal with people who are different. Um, you know, do we want to corral them into a place and pretend they don't exist or call them dangerous? Or can we yeah. learn to accept them as they are? Um, so, you know, and really it's just about what a found chosen family is versus, yes. you know, it's not always your blood family. It's the people you mm -hmm. surround yourself with. And it just has this warm hearted ending and it's just such a lovely book. So I highly recommend that. And also TJ Clooney, I just want to say he has a new one coming out in September called Under the Whispering Door. So um, keep your eyes peeled for that one. I read a pre-release copy 
And um, it's so exciting. So it's lovely. It's um, basically the premise of this one is the main character, Wallace. He's like a high powered businessman who has a heart attack and dies. And then he meets his reaper. And so he has seven days to fix anything that he wants to before he passes on. Um, So in those seven days, he has to learn how to live. So it's, again, it's warm hearted and heartbreaking at the same time. So just has this really great way of, taking the human condition and just turning it into kind of a magical twist, Mm -hmm. but still making it authentic. Um, So I love TJ Klune um, and he's really good at uh, gay romances. That's like his genre. Yeah. So that's what he does. So I highly recommend him for the uh, rom-coms. And then um, of course there is, okay. So there's Annabeth Albert also. And she does all uh, gay romances, too. Like, that's her oeuvre also. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love Conventionally Yours. Okay, I haven't, I haven't read that. <laughs> I highly recommend it because I'm, like, a huge gaming geek. And the main characters in this are, it's, like, something similar to Dungeons & Dragons that they play. And they're going to this national tournament, but they're rivals. So they're going to go play this RPG uh tabletop game at this national tournament and then things happen and then they have to share a car on this cross-country road trip to this gaming convention and so they're rivals and so it's again it's another enemies to friends to lovers type thing but I love it because you don't see the gaming geeks represented very often either in books. I love it. <laughs> so that one's called Conventionally Yours by Annabeth Albert um, and so you know it's lovely if you love all things geeky or if you like mm-hmm. dragons you'll see yourself in that book as well. I love it. So I think that was what I had. Um, TJ Klune and Annabeth Elbert are both really great for like those happily ever after romances where you just need something that isn't too deep, but mm-hmm. will just tide you over with a happy ending that you know things will work out in the end, at least for now. That's, that's really good. And that's actually important to, to talk about to you. This is like a whole other conversation, but... I think a lot of a lot of previous either fiction that involves like LGBT stories, a lot of it focuses strongly on like trauma, traumatic incidents, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, or just sad stories in general. Where, and I know that I don't know, maybe it's just it's it's good to be positive. So I think those stories are so important where it's happy ending because it's not all just like terrible, you know what I mean? Right, and really, I think. In general, I think the rep- LGBTQ representation in books is going that way. It's going less mm-hmm. of a uh, like disaster exploitation. Yeah. Look, everything's terrible. To you know, this is just regular life, right? Yes. You know, this happens to everyone, and mm-hmm. um, it's everywhere. You know, it, yeah. people are everywhere. I mean, you know, you wouldn't know who rep- who identifies LGBTQ, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's great when these happily ever after books, um, it's not a main part of the story. So I mentioned that yeah. bot that it's not centering their gender or romantic preferences, like as the main point of the story. Like it's just who they are, right? It's just a it's just like- more piece of the plot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes me so excited and happy. Yes. Love it. And that about wraps it up for our book portion of the podcast. And I'm so excited because Laura has something to introduce. Yeah. The Know Your Rights podcast. We are (laughs) super, super excited. So we've loved doing this podcast, uh, Shelf Logic here. We've been doing it for almost a year, 
close to a year now. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think we started in September of last year. Um, and we'd love to do more. So we have um, started a partnership with the Maricopa County Office of the Public Defender, where the public defender, the attorneys and legal clerks there uh, talk with us and they talk about people's rights and laws and what you can expect if you're ever arrested or, you know, what you can and can't do. So we've done things like what your rights are at a protest. So what do you do if the police come and tell you to disperse? What are your rights if Mm -hmm. a policeman comes and, you know, says you're under arrest for being here at this protest? So we've done protest ones. We've done ones about bicycle law. So did you know that in Tempe, you have to actually register your bike? Uh, you have to take it to the police station, pay 50 cents, and what? get a bike license plate uh, for it. I didn't know that. It's uh, Tempe and, I believe, the city of Phoenix. It's only two cities here, but... Uh, if- I'm in shock. I literally, I, I would just ride a bike around, none the wiser. And most people do. I don't think they really enforce it. Like, I don't think they actually pull people over on bikes. Thank goodness. It's on the, it's on the books. Um, what? There are actual consequences. So, you know, things that the average person might not consider, uh, we cover. So I'm very excited because we're going to, the podcast is actually launched. So you'll see it on the uh, library website and you can find both the Shelf Logic and the Know Your Rights one there. So you can find both podcasts there along with all subscription options. But I'm very excited because at the end of June, on June 28th, we're doing a Pride Month uh, Know Your Rights. So we're going to talk, the attorneys are going to focus on the criminal aspect. So they're going to mm-hmm. talk about like what happens to a transgender person in jail. What are their options? Where are they yeah. housed? What happens to their hormone treatments? What about pronouns in the courtroom? Like, can you ask mm-hmm. does the judge have to call you your pronouns? Things that, you know, we might not think about until you're actually in that situation. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of really important things. And then we'll partner with um, some community organizations that will talk more about like civil rights. So the attorneys are going to focus on the criminal things and you mm-hmm. know, what you can expect in jail and in court and what your rights are. Community partner organizations are really going to talk about uh, civil rights and like marriage. And, you know, we will talk a bit about there's a lot of anti-trans sports legislation going on across the country mm-hmm. right now. So we will talk about that briefly. Um, but again, you know, most of our focus, because our attorneys are Maricopa County attorneys, right. our focus will be laws in Maricopa County specifically. Um, that's going to go live June 28th. That's going to be so good. June 28th? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's going to be super helpful. There are so many things. And I, as you were like just speaking on, on the topic of the podcast, I was realizing how many things I don't know about, you know what I mean, when it comes to government and like specifically even just in the county, like, I don't, I didn't know about the the bike. I didn't know. I just signed my dog up for another year of license. And like, what if I didn't? Is that illegal? I don't know. We're going to do a pet owner one. So tune in for that one. (laughs) I really need that because I, I I didn't know I have, you have to license your dog. You gotta. Yeah. And you know, almost in everyone though, because because they're public defenders, I think it's a really great thing they do because Public defenders, they're the ones who are appointed by a judge when people can't mm-hmm. afford their own attorneys, right? So they usually ha- get to defend people that are usually um, underprivileged or they're from a vulnerable right. population, right? They're homeless people or um, people who just can't afford their own attorneys. So uh, really what they try and do is get out in the community and let people know of their rights before it gets to that point, before they have yeah. to get to needing a public defender and in court and saying, oh my gosh, I've been arrested. What do I do? 
Right. Um, you know, and part of the problem is that they haven't had um, too much experience in outreach and programming like this. You know, this is mm-hmm. new to them. Um, mm-hmm. They're, you know, super comfortable in the courtroom before a judge, and I'm so glad they are, but I, I wouldn't want to be there. But we have at the library, we have some great programming experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a really great merger of expertise. They can bring their uh, legal knowledge and, you know, their courtroom experience, and then mm-hmm. we can help them to, you know, find the platform and the audience and get the message out there. That's so awesome. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. It is. And also, I want to say, like, they have a huge department. So there's a ton of public defenders, and they all have their own specialties. So, like, um, there's one public defender who focuses on restoration of rights. So after people are convicted of a felony, you actually have to fill out an application when you're all done to get, like, your voting rights back or to get your civil rights back. You have to actually do paperwork. Uh, It's not just automatic once you've completed your sentence and, you know, you've fulfilled all your obligations and it's behind you. Um, So like they have one who focuses on that and one who focuses on juveniles in schools and their rights. Um, You know, is the school allowed to search kids? Uh, You know, those type of things. So we do all those. But um, so we have about probably about 20 attorneys in the group and all their law clerks. So their law clerks help do like the case research for each episode. And so they do, um, they pull up all the different cases and the laws, and then the attorneys bring like the actual courtroom experience. So it's a pretty amazing group of people at the public defender's office. Yeah, this is going to be incredible. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yep. So I highly recommend it. We've put an introduction on there and then um, we've done the protest rights and some webinars in the past. So we are kind of revamping those webinars to redo them for the podcast. So uh, you can check them out on the library website as well. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I will definitely be subscribing. And yeah, you, like uh, like Laura said, you can find it in the same area where the Shop Logic podcast is on our mcldaz.org website. But also, it's just going to be, if you search for it, it's going to be on any of the major podcast yes. platforms. And it's called Know Your Rights. Yep. See you there. All right. I guess we are signing off. This is Jen again from Southeast. And this is Laura from Northwest. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ. 